Welcome to Hockey News Action Show presented by BetMGM and McKenny Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. Sitting across from me is the one and only Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We're fighting through the uh, the January the January blues, January sickness that we got going on. It seems like everyone in everyone's life is uh, you know is fighting it. You know they're 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 a little banged up. So what we're gonna do is we are gonna you know tee up the last uh, you know the last hockey night in Canada, as we say. Um, before the before the All Star break, because All Star break's coming up, um, and why don't we get started um, with with uh, a couple very interesting games here? Starting with a big Atlantic Atlantic Division matchup here: Boston versus Florida. Yeah, I actually love this matchup. Um, Boston's coming off a loss in Tampa Bay, like kind of rare. Boston, I think they just hit double digit losses, which is insane to think given that we're at the All Star break um boston's obviously an extremely good team tampa bay i mean how do you argue they've been to three straight cup finals nobody's gonna sit here and and say that they're uh they're bad did you watch that game on thursday night did you see any of boston tampa unfortunately i didn't i was uh passed out cold um nice you know fight fighting this uh uh you know this this the sickness that i have but i did see the highlights like i always every morning before i get started on work i, I look i watch all of the highlights on the nhl's youtube uh, page for any of the games i didn't get to see and holy moly what a game it was yeah i mean probably i would say usually you have these games where they you they get hyped up and oh my goodness it's gonna be the game of the night or the game of the week or whatever the case may be and then they never live up to the hype this lived up to the hype like i watched all 60 minutes and it was riveting hockey so um maybe a potential playoff matchup in in the later rounds but i think that we potentially got something here and boston came out on the losing end but even and they played well it wasn't like it was kind of one team blowing the other team out of the out of the rink like i think boston's playing well and florida is uh very much not tampa um and so for me i look at it they've already played three times this year boston and and florida and all of the goals have been scored like seven goals, eight goals and 10 goals in those three games. So, I mean, it's, it's hard not to think that this game is going to have at least six goals in it. Is it not? Yeah. It seems like that. It seems that way. Um, I mean, Boston is obviously they're smarting from that, that, that defeat, you know, this is a very proud team uh, and, and a team that is having one of the most incredible seasons we've seen in, in improbable and incredible seasons uh, in modern history. Um, they are, they're absolutely on fire and the Florida Panthers, I mean, they're, they are, they're now in a position where they're fighting for their lives. You know, like this is, this is a team that mortgages its entire future to be a contender now. And they are, they're depending on the day they're outside of the playoff picture. Um, so they, this is a team that is going to be going hot and heavy and they're playing, you know, they're obviously playing, uh, the top team in, in, in the conference if you can get a win against them or the top team in the league, really, if you get a win against them, a division rival who's the, who's the best team in the league under your belt before uh, the all-star break, before you, you also host the all-star break. I mean, that can be, that can be some, or uh, that can be some vibes that, that, that change in that locker room that it, and it doesn't seem like they're great ones right now. They need something that, that can give you a really good uh, little boost of confidence. It's going to be, it's going to be an all out sort of slug fest really. Yeah, and I think you make a great point there. If you go in uh, and you're Florida and you go in with a win over Boston in your All-Star break, like the morale that that, that gets, I, I think could be 
a catalyst for them. Although I can't even remember the last time. I don't know if it's ever happened. Um, where like at the all-star break, we have a prohibitive favorite for the president's trophy. Like it, it basically just seems like Boston has it locked and loaded. So it's not even any value. And, and I was actually looking at that to see if it was something that like maybe going to all-star break could be like a value bet. It is not valuable at all to bet on the president's trophy because like, they're just a going away favorites. They were like minus 500. Like it's, it's crazy to think There's about no you look at it and okay. So they played three games this year. Bergeron six points in those three games. David Pasternak has a goal in every single game. He's got three goals in three games against Florida this year. So, and, and right now Boston has them playing on separate lines, which is just like an obnoxious amount of riches. I, I actually kind of love how that is working out. And so for me, I mean, Florida just straight up, they don't have the depth to be able to deal with the fact that Boston goes Bergeron and Marshawn on one line, Pasternak on the other. And then like, if they feel like it, Taylor Hall on the third line, Mm -hmm. like it's just to me, that's a matchup I seriously look at because Bergeron and Pasternak are on the top power play unit. They're getting tons of shots. I mean, like David Pasternak's averaging five shots a game versus Florida this year. Like that's a lot. You slam, you slam the over when it comes to, um, when it comes to offensive categories, basically in this game, because it's going to be a slugfest and look, the 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 Florida Panthers they gutted the depth that they would have had to uh, to combat this you know they for they it was it's this is all self inflicted um, and it, what also is going to happen is Florida Panthers they are I believe the most penalized team in the league this year um, they take the most penalties uh, of any team or they have taken the most penalties of, yeah of they're any team. undisciplined and the Bruins happen to have a very good power play um, and so the if you're looking for for potential I, I guess. Uh, if you're if you're looking for potential sparks to fuel an offensive fire, I mean, an undisciplined team giving the Boston Bruins, you know, like three or four power plays on that given night, that can be huge. So yeah, slam the over when it comes to that stuff. Um, yeah, a couple a couple spots that I'm looking at mm-hmm. is um, if Pasternak is one and a half points, then I probably look at a power play point for him. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at him to get over four and a half shots in this game. I'm looking at Matthew Kachuk to get over four and a half shots in this game. Cause he's averaged five shots a game against Boston this year. Um, he's always like, he is, he just shoots the puck all the time. Like whether it's rapid fire at the net front on the power play, whatever the case may be, but you mentioned the power play opportunities that are kind of come Boston's way. The fact that these are two teams that for whatever reason, really like to score when they play each other. I'm taking like a Bergeron point, maybe a Pasternak power play point and both Kachuk and Pasternak to just like shoot the lights out. Um, That's kind of what I'm looking at in this game. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to, uh, to Colorado, uh, the defending Stanley cup champions. Um, They are also fighting for their lives right now. They've had, they've had to deal with just an absurd amount of injuries. They're still dealing with a certain absurd amount of injuries, but they're making it work and they're going to be playing the St. Louis blues now, Colorado, they're coming off a loss to the Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim is one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst. Um, so that's not great. Uh, but so, again, this will be a team that is looking to rebound real uh, real difficultly against a team like St. Louis, too, that is, uh, that's it's really struggling to keep its head above water. Yeah, like I look at this and I go, okay, um, I actually saw a bit of the Colorado-Anaheim game on Thursday night, and uh, Nathan McKinnon was not very good at all. Like it was a it was an off night for a few guys on Thursday night, whether it's McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon. Um, it was it was kind of weird, like weird vibes for sure. Um, 
I think it's important to point out that Nathan McKinnon has points in 10 straight games against St. Louis, though. Um, that is a problem if you're St. Louis. And like you said, St. Louis is trying to keep their head above water right now. Like they're one of the teams that is on any given day, they could sell or they could buy. I think they're leaning towards selling. But if you look at it, like St. Louis is the that team that's like win three, lose two, win two, lose three. And so it's kind of weird. And then you've got Colorado, who I think that um game against Anaheim, given that they're in the danger zone, like they need to start winning games. That could have been a wake up call. Like, would you be surprised if Colorado won by like three or four? Tonight? No, not at all. Like I like I I think I might do I might mess around and do like a Boston Colorado money line parlay just because I think Boston's going to rebound against Florida. And like a hundred percent, you have to think Colorado's going to rebound against St. Louis, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You go to all-star break losing to Anaheim and St. Louis. Ooh. It's not happening, especially because this is like, that's a divisional opponent. That's an opponent. They have a lot of history with in the playoffs as well. Um, they're not, I, I don't think they're going down. Uh, they're, le- they're not going quietly into that good night. You know, they're yeah, and they're going we don't it. know like Valeri Nachushkin's impact, I think, has been super understated. Like the the Avalanche's record with him versus without him is extremely different. Like they're below five hundred without Nachushkin, and they are well, I think they're playing almost seven hundred mm-hmm. hockey with him. So his impact is incredible. I believe he's day to day. Yes, um, still dealing not expe- with that foot. Yeah. yeah, so he's not expected to play um as the the playing of this and honestly like even if he is gonna play first of all it's one of your last games before the all-star break in the bye week maybe don't um just chill and tell him to go hang out for 10 days give him that extra rest and so um i think that's something to look for but i'd have to expect the colorado is just going to be the better team and alex georgiev pretty good goaltending the last 10 games like he's actually he's been pretty good pretty good goaltending on the whole this season. Like he's, he's been a, he's been a pleasant surprise. Look, it, it, I was, I was able to watch, uh, you know, your, uh, not your, yeah, uh, Nichushkin, uh, in person, you know, covering the cup final. Like it was like, there's a reason they call him like the choo-choo train. It's not just cause he's big <laughs> and it's, you know, like there's, there's, it, it's not just cause he's big and his name sounds like choo-choo. Like he is like, the, he is an engine of that team. He does so many things well on every, on both sides of the ice. Um, and his, his presence in the lineup just, gives them so much more depth depth. It just lengthens that roster so much that bringing him back is going to be going to be a key. So if they're without him, obviously that's a huge loss. Um, take us through some of the, uh, some of the, I guess, more sort of specific bets, prop bets here. Um, uh, at least on, on uh, St. Louis's side. Uh, yeah. Just so in case. first of all, Robert Thomas left the game on Thursday as well. Uh, I don't need to tell you guys like that's a problem. That's a huge problem for St. Louis. And whenever Robert Thomas isn't playing, Jordan Cairo steps up in a big way. He's already been, even with Thomas in the lineup, he's been shooting the lights out lately. Like just shot, 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 shot. Like they're not all high quality, but my goodness, like I was looking, he's averaging like four shots a game in his last 10. Like that's, that's a lot for Jordan Cairo. And if he's without his running mate, Robert Thomas in this one, I'd expect he is going to be a primary guy, especially with the Tarasenko injury. So to me, Jordan Cairo over two and a half shots, that seems like something that I would seriously be taking. I would even um, bet that up to probably three or four shots. Um, He's somebody that I would look at and say he needs to be the catalyst here, given uh, who St. Louis 
is is missing from their lineup and and so he's kind of he's the main guy for me um we're not sure what goaltender is starting because it has not been announced Mm -hmm. of yet but i expect colorado is going to be shooting and just like absolutely peppering the goaltender so whatever the over is in saves probably like 32 33 and a half i'm taking that because i think colorado is probably putting up like 40 42 shots in this game yeah, it, it, and it also like it doesn't really matter which goalie is is playing for St. Louis because they're both not great. So just uh, yeah, take the over on saves because I mean, unless they give up eight goals, you're gonna have at least thirty two saves. Absolutely. All right, let's go to Winnipeg and Philadelphia. Uh, you know, two teams at the other end of the spectrum. Although Philadelphia has has you know the Flyers have had some interesting games lately. They've been in close games. Yeah, Philly has played, I believe. Three of its last five games of uh, their last five games have been one goal games, low scoring. And then the other one was like a two goal game. So I, like maybe there's an empty netter in there. Like they've been, they've been in games and Winnipeg has been uh, not inspiring the last few games. Um, they've got a couple wins in a row, then a couple losses in a row. They looked genuinely horrendous against Montreal. Um, then like against Buffalo last night, they were down until the last three minutes of the game it was buffalo ran their show for pretty much the entire game and then they got a couple quick ones with like three minutes left so for me that's that's kind of concerning you do wonder um if anybody's hitting a wall here um both teams though like they're not playing high scoring games right now and they're and that's probably because they're not giving up a ton of shots like you look Thursday night, it was, I believe it was 3-2 in the Winnipeg game. It was, I want to say 2-1 in Philly, Minnesota. Like, what's going on in Philly? <laughs> I, I do not know. It's, it's It's been super weird. I mean, look, Philadelphia, we obviously know that they their limitations, um, they're not doing great. But they are a team that can randomly pop off offensively. You know, they have weapons on that team, regardless of how thin their roster is. And they got um, a goalie. <laughs> and, they do ha- and they do have a goalie. Um, they have one goalie. And so, you know, that's uh, that that can spell that can spell offensive fireworks in the right in the right uh, situation. We don't know if it's going to be Connor Hellebuck and net for um, for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I believe it, it likely will be because I believe on Friday, uh, Eric Comrie is is going to start. Um, so we'll have to see. But it, it, either way, if it's if it's Connor Hellebuck, obviously you might want to take the under in terms of, of what the actual score is going to be considering it's Connor Hellbug versus, you know, a very uh, depleted forward core. Um, but if it's not, sorry, if it's, if it's, uh, if it's David Riddick, my bad um, out there, then absolutely, absolutely hammer it. David Riddick. Uh, he's not necessarily big save Dave. So anymore. So, yeah. The one so thing I'll say is um, both teams are averaging less than sure 30 shots in the last 10 games, like both for and against. Um, so I actually might be looking at the under on saves here, especially if it's Connor Hellebuck, like pretty much any Winnipeg goaltender. Um, I think that might be a spot. It really just depends on what it is. If it's like 28 or 29, then I'd I'd stay away from it. But if it's anywhere near 32 or 33, I'll probably take the under on that one. Uh, the one thing I do want to point out is Philly gives up a ton of shots from the outside. So under torts, like they've actually done a, a relatively decent job of protecting the middle of the ice which was a, a pretty big issue for them last year. We all can remember um, Kevin Hayes just like out to lunch while they, a guy pulled like eight deeks on the goalie. Yeah. Um, that was, that's one of the most absurd clips I've ever seen. Oh <laughs> man. Yeah. It was, it was absolutely wild. 
So, I mean, they're giving up shots from wingers. Um, Winnipeg relies a ton on shots from guys like Ehlers, Perfetti, and Kyle Connor. So those are guys I'd probably target there for for the shot props because I think kind of got that match made. I mean, it's not exactly difficult to walk around the Philly defense right now. So I think that with the speed that those three players have, um, you're going to you're going to have some shot opportunities as well as the fact that all of those guys play on the power play and Philadelphia is not the most disciplined team so I think that there there's a window of opportunity there the one winger I would stay away from on Winnipeg is Blake Wheeler mm-hmm. he has less than two shots in his last six games and less than three shots in nine of his last ten yeah it's so, been a rough stretch for for Blake Wheeler for right sure. but because Philly gives up a ton of shots to wingers you don't really want to take the chance to take the under and then Wheeler decides he's going to pop off. So he is one, one guy I'd stay away from here. Whereas like Ehlers, Connor Perfetti, like those are kind of the guys I, I would, I would target there. All right. Montreal and Ottawa. Again, two struggling teams, two injury plague teams, uh, two teams, uh, uh, you know, that are obviously trying to rebuild one thought. It was a lot farther in that rebuild, I think, than the other. Um, but here we are. The, Montreal is losing uh, Cole Caulfield. He will not. He'll be out for the rest of the season. Ottawa has no more Josh Norris. Uh, it's a bummer because this could have been a, a very nice sort of marquee matchup for these two teams. You know, obviously Atlantic Division, All Canadian matchup, Hockey Night in Canada. Let's do it. Um, and yet, in, health has kind of gotten in the way here. What can we take a look at with this game, Rachel? Yeah, so this is kind of what's interesting is this is the I think it's only one of two Saturdays this year that the Leafs are not playing tonight. Yeah, extremely so this weird. is the Canadian matchup mm-hmm. of the like it's it's the one that's going to take precedence on Hockey Night in Canada. Ottawa is on a back to back with travel. They played in Toronto on Friday, um, and so that is like teams traditionally if you're playing a back to back at home. There's a better kind of win-loss record. But teams who have to travel on the back end of a back-to-back, it traditionally doesn't go very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though it's not much in terms of travel, it's obviously. A, it's a, yeah, it's a 27-minute flight. Yeah, so, like it's not, they I might mean, even take the train, you know? like it, I don't it, think so. They probably um, won't, but I'm saying like they could if they wanted to. They absolutely could. But I think uh, in this case, Ottawa is the better team for me. Like they're deeper up front. They have the top six that now has Ridley Gregg in it. Ridley yes. Gregg has been really impressive in his first couple games. Honestly, I've been I've really liked him. I think he's fit in really well with DeBrickett and Giroux. So I I think even though the loss of Norris is an issue, I think Ridley Gregg is is a pretty good kind of guy for them. Um, Montreal gives up way too many shots though. Like way too many especially from the wings their defense is not all that mobile depending on who's in the lineup and when you have guys like Claude Giroux and Tim Stutzla and Brady Kachuk and uh Alex Dabrinkit like you're probably getting a ton of shots that are that are coming off the rush and so you have to target those guys so for me I'm looking at Alex Dabrinkit I'm looking at Brady Kachuk who is a menace on the power play as Mm -hmm. well um, and Claude Giroux, because Ottawa seems to have gone to like this shooting the puck a ton lately. I don't know like what's up with that, but they're just shooting it from everywhere now. It's it's wild to see. I mean, look, this is what I love about teams like Ottawa is is that they're just trying stuff now, you know? Yeah. Like they're just trying to to get some sort of rhythm so they can figure out, okay, like we got 
we got this and we, we can at least translate that into next season when hopefully we'll be better. And that could be, that could work really well in, in your favor. Uh, if you're looking to, to put some money on this game, uh, because, uh, yeah, <laughs> because for as, as much as Ottawa is depleted, as much as they, they are, they like we said, they're fighting it when it comes to the, the, the standings, they have a lot of offensive weapons. They have, they have Ridley Gregg, like you said, who could potentially pop off, but they have Claude Giroux, Alex to bring cat, uh, you know, Tim Stutzla, guys like that. It's, uh, you know, Thomas, uh, Thomas Shabbat. I was going to say Thomas Sherratt. That's not a real person. Um, that, no. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, they, they were a very fascinating team to watch. Yeah, um, and like both teams are giving up a ton of scoring chances, mm-mm. but Sam Montembeau has been really what? good lately. Like, Franchise really goalie? good. So I don't thought? know, like they're combined giving up an average of 7.3 goals. So like that's still a lot of goals, but I'm not entirely certain that we're going to see that in this game i'm just i'm not so like i would i would wage more to the shots and 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 kind of pick from there given the fact that ottawa's shooting lots montreal is giving up lots and um there's also like montreal's taking a ton of penalties lately and if you're just gonna give ottawa who is clearly has this i don't know memo to shoot a ton power plays like you're gonna give up a ton of shots so i would actually look for uh jake allen or sam montebo whoever is in net tonight um over on the saves for sure because i think ottawa is just gonna come out and they're gonna especially if they get behind on a back-to-back like they're just gonna be firing pucks at the net and so to me i think that's a good opportunity um for for whoever uh the goalie is um now, if it is Jake Allen, I might actually take the over because he's coming off an injury and we kind of don't know where he is. And given that neither one of these teams is fantastic defensively, um, I think that could be an opportunity. So just watch to see what goalie is is starting. But uh, I'd focus on the shots for for the Sens for sure. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see. All right. Moving on to Chicago and Edmonton. Again, another example of a team that should be pretty good and a team that is very, very bad. I'm not sure if you saw the, the, um, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, roster without Jonathan Taves. Uh, they had to play with the other night. Jason that, Dickinson <laughs> was a first line, line forward. <laughs> uh, that that's one of the most shocking, one of the most shocking, like sort of line rush combination, whatever that I've ever seen it. Like, Holy smokes, this team is taking the tank to another level. I was um, told by Gary Bettman that teams don't No, tank. but teams don't tank. Teams don't tank. I was told. Rachel, why would Gary Bettman ever lie to us? Well, and clearly he's right because Chicago waxed Calgary. Like, yeah. they played them off the rink. And don't get me wrong, Jacob Barkstrom was not very good. That's more of an but, indictment on Calgary, I think. They're having a nightmare season. Yeah, Calgary's in some trouble right now. But you get waxed by like more than three goals by the Chicago Blackhawks. What, what are you Rele- doing? Relegation. What are you doing? So relegation. Yikes. Uh, so Chicago's coming off of beating Calgary. So they got to be feeling kind of half decent about themselves. Mm-hmm. Edmonton, on the other hand, lost to also not tanking Columbus. And um, Edmonton was absolutely dreadful in mm-hmm. that game. Like, I don't know if you watched that, but like McDavid saw, saw, and Dreisaitl yeah. they didn't do anything damn near invisible like uh, yeah. McDavid had three shots Dreisaitl had two shots which is uncharacteristic um and they don't usually have two bad games in a row 
Yeah, I have Leon Dreisaitl in fantasy. I took him second overall this year. Um, behind, Who went first? A uh, little man by the name of Connor McDavid. Um, Some dude. Actually, no, I took him third overall because it went McDavid, then Matthews. Someone someone selected Matthews. Um, interesting. Yeah, very very interesting choice. Um, but I like like literally, you are right in that they never have two bad games in a row because whenever Leon Dreisaitl goes pointless in a game, which is very rare, by the way, like you can almost yeah, pencil this guy in for at least an assist every night. Um, but whenever they go point that, you know, there's like a two or three point night or four point night coming the next night that happens. And, and guess how many points McDavid has against Chicago this year. He's averaging three a game. And you know what, like what is Chicago? Like what is Chicago going to do to stop this? You know, like it's, they have Peter Especially Marazzi without Jonathan Tate. If Jason Dickinson, trust me, I have um, worked with him, and don't yeah. get me wrong, very nice boy. Very nice boy. Um, if he is your shutdown center against Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, you have got a problem. Yes. A big one. So um, not only am I taking both McDavid and Dreisaitl to get two points in this game, I'm also taking Edmonton minus one and a half because I think this has the potential to be six or seven one. It's going to be, it's, it might be like that, that Kraken game where they, you know, it started off where, where it was like five goals on six shots and it was just, yeah, like it, it might not be great for Chicago. <laughs> yeah. It might be tough. All right. Pittsburgh and San Jose Pittsburgh they're they're like they said, they are clawing their way up and they're doing pretty well lately. Yeah. Do we ever bet on Sidney Crosby on this spot or bet, bet against? against yeah. yeah. Do we ever bet against Sidney Crosby in this podcast? Uh, no, we don't. I, I not like a thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Just so don't yeah, do like, it. It's a good life lesson. Just don't do it. Do not. Bad idea. Like both teams are giving up a ton of shots in their last like 10 games or so. Um, I was kind of looking back. I like to look back at the last three weeks. Um, that's, that's something I think is like a big enough sample of like a trend of late. Um, and I think the reason both teams are giving up a ton of shots is first of all, San Jose is bad. Um, but this is Pittsburgh is kind of leaning into the fact that they're a really fast hockey team and so for me i look at it and both teams like to play with speed i think it could be kind of that back and forth burger hockey game and so i'm looking at like we're probably seeing close to 70 shots in this game i would have to think that's it's gonna be nuts like that the thing about pittsburgh is like you weren't expecting them to be a fast team they're old like, yeah, but then you've got, like, Latang still skates well. Crosby and Malkin, we don't even need to have a discussion about, right? Gensel skates really well. Raquel skates really well. Zucker skates really well. Like, they've got pieces. Kasperi Kapanen, I'm not We're not sure even sure I'd if he's in the lineup or not. Yeah, but he is one of the fastest skaters in the league. Um, And so, like, you look at that, and fast teams draw a ton of penalties. Well, good fast teams draw a ton of penalties. And guess who's drawing a ton of penalties lately, Mike? Who? At the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wow. Um, and so I look at that and I go, oh boy, who are the trigger men on the Pittsburgh power play? That'd be Ricard Raquel and Jake Gensel. Um, what do you go I, at? What do you go like? Sorry? Ricard Raquel or Jake Gensel. No, you go, whoa boy. Whoa boy. Um, which is a good one. Also, one thing to note about Chicago and Edmonton real quick to bounce back there is that they are getting Vander Kane back for that game. Uh, he has missed the last two due to um, needing to personal be in, reasons in court. Um, yep. But they are getting him back in the lineup. Uh, so that is another, that's a top six, you know, like 30 goal score. Basically you're adding into a lineup against 
you know, Blackhawks team that uh, they probably could have done without Evander Kane in this game. If there's one game. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, sorry. I didn't, didn't mean to do that. Back to, back to Pittsburgh and San Jose. Um, dig us through some of the more individual bets here, Rachel, and uh, that'll be great. Yeah. So like I said, Ricard, Ricard Raquel and Jake Gensel oh, on that power play. Yep. I'll sign up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams for whatever reason, and maybe it's river hockey. Um, they are giving up a ton of shots to centers. And that is probably because a lot of it's coming from the middle of the ice. We've got some pretty good centers in this game. Uh, have you heard of the man called Evgeny Malkin? Uh, yeah, I've heard, I believe I've heard of the legend yeah. of Evgeny Malkin, yes. Okay, so I'd probably be taking him at three-plus shots. Sidney Crosby, we've covered. We don't bet against him. So he's taking three-plus shots. I'm also taking him to get a point because why are you not? Um, but then on the flip side... Logan Couture, uh, Thomas Hurdle, and Timo Meyer are guys that I think um, all good skaters, um, all like to play in the middle of the ice. Timo Meyer's a volume shooter. Um, I think that those are kind of the guys that are going to be shooting the puck there for, for San Jose, especially because Kevin LeBanc is not expected to be in the lineup. Um, and the other thing that I think is important to note, we talked about Pittsburgh drawing a ton of penalties, but when they're on the PK, I, they're really bad. Like, Vancouver is obviously horrendous bad, but Pittsburgh the last three weeks, I believe has been clicking at just above 60% on the PK, which is um, terrible. Not fantastic. Anything below 75 is just horrendous. So they're struggling. um, And the sharks have a dude named Eric Carlson on their back end. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm probably looking at him uh, to get a point. And if there's too much juice on that line, probably a power play point. And he's a guy I'd look at over two and a half shots because he is their guy on the power play. Him and Timo Meyer are really the only guys shooting. Um, But for me, I look at that and I say, okay, Pittsburgh's struggling on the power on the penalty kill. And, Eric Carlson just has this knack for picking apart other teams' penalty kills. So that seems like a recipe for success for Eric Carlson for me. I think that's a great idea. Look, if your penalty kill, uh, like efficiency rating looks like my math mark in like grade 10, you're not doing great. So, so what you're saying is you want your penalty killing to look like my math mark. Yes, exactly. You don't want it to look like the guy who had to take summer school. Um, exactly. Nope, you don't. Uh, <laughs> so you might want might to rejig that. And then finally... The final game here is Buffalo and Minnesota. Um, Buffalo's turned into one of the most fascinating and exciting teams to watch in the, in the national hockey league. I love everything about them. They're doing great. They have a great foundation. They are just becoming such an exciting team. And Minnesota is another team that is fighting for their lives. They are out. They, they, I believe stepped outside the playoff picture uh, this week. This is not a team that should be missing the playoffs. This will be a very, very interesting matchup. Yeah, I think Buffalo's kind of like wriggled their way into the discussion about the playoffs. And holy moly, if they get Timo Meyer at the deadline, like that is gonna be a long-term issue for the Atlantic division. Um, Tage Thompson, I mean, you and I talk about this all the time. He might be my favorite hockey player that I haven't worked with to watch right now. Yeah. Like he's just absolutely popped off, and I got him in the ninth round of my hockey pool. so that's fun he was on waivers Um, in our league that is amazing you know what the best part about the hockey pool is is the draft happened like a week after everything went down in my career life Mm. so like i was able to be back in the league 
Um, and I don't think a lot of people are appreciative of the fact that I have both Eric Carlson and Dage Thompson. I, I want to give a shout out to James Myrtle with uh, of The Athletic with arguably the best um, like transaction in fantasy hockey history in which he picked up Tage Thompson on waivers and dropped Eric Schalgren. Um, uh, that's elite. It. That is, that's potentially the greatest transaction in fantasy hockey history. Um, anyway, Buffalo. And Let's talk about the game. Yeah. Yes. So um, both teams are shooting a ton lately. Like you said, Minnesota's in a bit of trouble because they need to be good this year. Um, they have $13 million, I believe in dead cap. 14.5. Uh, 14. Yeah. So uh, you have to be good this year. You don't have a choice um so get it together um and the one thing that is is clicking not only are both teams shooting the lights out so like it probably a 70 shot game so might want to look at the over and the over in saves um minnesota's power play has been really good the last 10 games like really hot one of the hottest in the league um and so for me i mean combine the specialty teams buffalo's got a ton of skill um you could have some power play points here for guys like Matt Boldy, Kirill Kaprizov, and Matt Zuccarello. Um, a lot of those guys have juice numbers on just getting a point. Um, I think it's probably likely. If you could do a parlay of like Kirill Kaprizov and Tage Thompson to get a point, that's something I'm absolutely looking at. Tage Thompson has points in six straight games. I, I really like that. Um, and they're also, I mean, I mentioned they're giving up a ton of shots. There's a lot of scoring happening in those games. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, combined, they're giving up seven goals against per game. They're also shooting a lot. I mean, this seems like a recipe for an over here. Uh, if you can get it at six, six and a half, I wouldn't go anything above seven. Um, to me, they all, they like both teams just have the offensive weapons, but are still kind of really struggling defensively. Um, and Matt Boldy specifically, like he, there's a potential he's, um, he's on fire. Yeah, like, first of all, he's on fire, but he's going to get some favorable matchups here. Um, so he is getting that opportunity, and he's got points in his last four, and he's over two and a half shots in each of his last five games. Top power play unit, that's a guy I'm 100% targeting, not only for the points, but also for the shots on goal. I think that that is, is a great spot for him. Um, yeah, like, have you seen Minnesota a ton this year? Like, what do you, I know you and I have both seen Buffalo a lot mm-hmm. and like Darlene Thompson, like it just, the list is Donnie Granado, like well yeah. done. But like, what do you think of Minnesota outside of like Caprizov? Well, I like Boldy is the guy that I, I love. Like he, like, you know, and that's obviously, I mean, the guy signed a huge contract lately. Like he's a top. So it's, it's not exactly, I'm, I'm not exactly picking a diamond in the rough here, but like he is, he's on fire. He's doing a ton of damage on the power play right now. Like he is, he's really helping them. It's like, he is someone that I would hammer uh, to keep this, to keep this hot streak going. Like he is, he is on a heater. I believe he had a three point night the other night. Uh, he, he factored on all three of Minnesota's goals in a three, two overtime victory. I can't remember who they were playing, but um, he had two goals and one assist. Uh, one of those goals came on the power play. He's doing a fantastic job. Um, I love, I love everything that he's doing and, um, yeah, I like it, it. He's someone that I would really, I would really hone in on. Um, yeah. If I was to, to put money down on that. Um, all right. There's, there's a couple other guys that, that I like lately. Uh, Alex Tuck is on the top line with Tage Thompson. Uh, he is also one of the fastest skaters in the league. And if he's not playing against Jarrett Spurgeon or Jonas Brodeen, like 
he's going to be getting around some guys. Uh, mm-hmm. He's gone over two and a half shots in six of seven games. Um, given that both teams are taking a lot of shots and giving a lot of shots up, I really like this spot. Um, and Victor Olofsson, yeah. Buffalo. Man, that guy was like on the trade block and you thought that they were going to have to strap a pick because of his contract situation. He's got points in seven of his last nine games and he's shooting a ton. Like he's getting his power play opportunities as well. I would expect we'll see some power play fireworks in this game, just given how Minnesota's power play is performing and all the talent on Buffalo's power play. He's a guy over two and a half shots. I'm absolutely sold on that one. So we got a couple, couple guys here in this game where you get Kaprizov, you got Thompson, Boldy, Tuck, Olafson. Like there's a couple options. I mean, it's important obviously not to overbet and don't be willy nilly parlaying everything, but there's definitely places where you can, you can pick your spots here. And uh, if you're, if you're judicious about it, there, there's definitely some opportunity in this game. Um, I also think sneaky it's, it might be the best game of the night. Very cool. All right, Rachel, we've reached the end of the show here. Uh, the natural end of the show, as we like to call it. Um, it's going to be a fantastic slate of Saturday games here to, to sort of bring us into uh, the all-star break. Going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully we were able to tee up some of that for you uh, to have a good weekend. Always love doing this with you, Rachel. We will be back, I believe, on Monday. All right. We'll see everybody then.